Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarlane, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences, along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. Hey, Gina. Hey, Angelia. This is exciting. This is episode two. Boop, boop. Yeah, and it's it. This is one of one of our tech episodes. So yes. you're going to be leading this one, and you're going to help us understand ChatGPT. Yes. What is it? Why is it important? What should we be doing with it? So tell us, tell us, tell us about ChatGPT. I know you you are very passionate <laughs> about the fact that it is not an AI, but it is a tool. It's an AI tool, though. We can say that. Yes, it's an AI tool. I think we can take parts of GPT. Well, ChatGPT is a large language model. It um, basically, you give it, it's a, got a little text box on the beginning. And actually, OpenAI was pretty brilliant with that. They're like, how can we get people to help us see more use cases? Oh, we should just make access free. And it took off. That was pretty smart. So a little chat box makes it seem like, you're just talking to the AI and the AI is talking back to you like a person and it tells you stuff that is amazing and you don't have to do all the research for it. So um, it's this generative AI tool. Uh, basically what it's designed to do is the data scientist write an alg- algorithm to take all the words in your query and they assign weights to those. So then the AI knows to go out into the data set, the huge data lake that they scraped off the World Wide Web, and and come back with the answer that they're pretty sure you asked, you know, for the question that you asked. So it's it's pretty that's pretty much what happens. So chat GPT, you earlier you said GPT um was generative, but what's the P and the T? What does GPT stand for? Is it, did you say generative? Is it pre-trained? Pre-trained transformer. I think that's actually pretty important because if you think about this as a transformer, you know, transformer like in an electrical system, you're putting in some, a question, you're putting in some words and it transforms the answer into something that makes sense to you as a human. That's why it seems like it's a human on the other side of the AI talking back to you. And it is, a, it's, it is a very descriptive name once you get under it. It, it, generates, it generates a response from pre-trained data, and it, it transforms that data into something that you've asked it to do. Right. I think the pre-trained piece of it is more training. It's a... It knows where all the data is. It knows the train. Some of the algorithm is just putting the weights, like I said, on the questions, the words in the questions or the prompt that you placed in the text box. Some of the pre-trained is, okay, we're, we know if you say the word email, we know what that means. So we're going to bring you back some, dear sir, <laughs> you know, we're going to bring it back in that kind of uh, context. So I think one of the things I would say to people is to remember this is not some fancy 
magical, mystical AI like in movies. This is literally something that really smart people with a lot of really hard math that I don't understand <laughs> that put their time into um, number one, making the algorithms to go find the correct data, but number two, training the data to spit it out in the format you're looking for. I um, can stop there for a second because uh, there is this show on Netflix. I'm sorry, not on Netflix. There was a show on Paramount called Rabbit Hole. And in Rabbit Hole, they uh, talk about a government bill or where they're trying to stop the passage of a government bill. It's more, it's more complex than that, but for the purposes of this conversation, a government bill that allows certain companies access to all of the data. And in the movie, the, uh, once the, the nefarious uh, protagonist gets access to the data, he speaks into a computer and he says, identify, blah, 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 cross match, blah, 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 index. And on television, this happens literally in seconds, so less than a minute. When you say the entire, and, and so technically he is talking to a computer and asking the computer to identify and find these things across all data on the World Wide Web, government databases, et cetera, et cetera. Explain to our audience, because when that happened, the techie in me is like, no way that happened that fast. And so I'm watching it with my husband, and he's like, I, I think I think it can happen that fast. I was like, there's no way he can identify with the systems that we have today, he, that they can identify and pinpoint that quickly the information that he was asking it to pinpoint and then index it and compare it to other databases. So I, so I say all that to say, you said entire World Wide Web. How long did that take? You know, I'm not sure how long it took them to, to capture the data, but um, that's a good question. I don't know how long it took them to capture the data. They captured the data, they threw it in a data lake. And they're not... <sighs> So that data, that data lake is available to GPT, right? So the reason it's so cool, the chat, so I'm going to get to your question. This is my roundabout way of answering it. No worries. <laughs> First of all, that was fiction, right? You were watching just like a cool TV show? It was fiction, yes. Okay, okay, just making sure. But, you know. Because I want to get back to that in a second, too. Okay. Um, so you've got this, it's, it's more than just the big pile of data. You also have a model that has been trained by data scientists so that it knows what to spit out. So what it does is, it, especially if it's an untrained, if it's using untrained um, processes, that that kind of framework, the, the AI the, is actually a, a large language model, in this case in ChatGPT. It goes into wherever that data lake is and it looks for anomalies in the data to say, oh, well, this is interesting. And it does that by the chat box that they put in front of it, that you can now have some kind of very normal human type way of interacting with all of that data. But now I want to write a resume that says blank. So our, our create a TV show of a penguin and an ostrich that are 
FBI agents that search the day <laughs> that use AI to find criminals. So they what what the data scientists will use deep learning and machine learning algorithms, which is just a fancy word for a bunch of math that I don't really understand. But it, the math says if you find the match to these words, then you then then grab that and we're going to pull a sentence out of it or write the story out of it or create the resume, the things we've trained you to do. So it, it's it's being trained by some pretty slick Mac math, and it's powered by extremely powerful computers. And I mean, I know you probably saw this um, when you were working at your last employer. The same as I saw it at my last employer that it was amazing how powerful the computers have become and amazing how fast the chips are these days to actually um, to make these processes work. So we good so far. (laughs) Yes. 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 So um, the kind of sinister thing I think is I I do think your husband is partially right. There are things that um, can actually bring those results back Maybe it takes a little longer than it takes with um, on TV, and I bet they also had the code going by. Like we will freeze frame the computer, some, the TV, sometime to be like, "What is that code?" <laughs> they actually <laughs> put see up if there. It's real. If it's anything cool, um, but yeah, there are. Um, there's a company called um, Palantir, and they they create software for law enforcement. They create software for the military and those kind of things. And the software was designed first to go through all of the databases. Not database is the wrong word, right? They take the data that's available to law enforcement already, which is driver's license, tax, you know, information like where you live. I don't know how much stuff like that. But then they combine it with other things. And that's kind of where the power is. You've got this data lake that exists of the stuff the cops already had, but it's combined with if, if the police buy into it, there's these other things that can bring data from social media that can bring data from um, places where your driver, where your uh, license tag gets captured, like any kind of um, any kind of, any kind of garage you go into. Now they snap your, your license plate and that's usually sold to the police or sold to this company to give it to the police. So what they have now is like, look for this name or look for this picture. So it trains its algorithm. It trains its, you know, neural networks to go look at a whole bunch of data that hasn't been tagged and hasn't been sifted and sorted. It's just of everyday things happening and it can find you and and it's not, it's kind of probably, I've never seen it in use, but I'm imagining it's much like chat GPT. If you have the right data in your data lake, it can hit, come back with hits. But you then have to, today, I think in the future, the, it'll become more and more precise. But today, you still need to sort through that data. It, it brings you a small data set back, but it still brings you wrong things back. I'm sure it brings you wrong things I, back. I mean, just if you think about image capture on my iPhone... When I say find pictures of me, it leaves pictures of me out. It also finds pictures of my daughter <laughs> because, to be honest, which is which is kind of scary, people tell me my daughter and I look alike, and I didn't believe them until she could open my iPhone. Oh. Yeah. 
So she probably 90% of the time, she can open my iPhone. Oh, man. <laughs> and, um, and, and that goes to the fact that they look at uh, face structure. And it's all, it's all algorithms. So it's, yeah. it's a mathematical formula that, that com- compares, you know, like they just tear apart the picture into segments and they match the segments how they work. That's my very simplistic way of explaining yes. that very complex <laughs> algorithm because well, there's more to it than that, I'm sure. And because to me, we don't look that much alike, but because obviously our face structures yeah. are similar because my son's. And one of my sons, I feel like I look more like one of my sons. They can't open my phone, but she can. That's interesting. That is. It, it freaked me out the first time it happened. That's why I don't use any biometrics on my phone. I still, I still, so, and I know we're talking about chat GPT here. <laughs> um, I still feel that it is something that is valuable to me. I feel that. And I think I can. We can apply this to GPT. Um, that we still we we cannot use these things without knowledge and care. We still have to be careful about how we use them, where we use them. Not fearful, but careful. No, exactly. Because if you think about what can Chat GPT do. And any kind of generative, especially large language model, there are some pretty cool applications. I mean, we both came out of the corporate world and we now have our own startups doing product marketing. Um, But running a launch is hard work and it's hard work because it's tedious and so exact so that you get every little thing right. So if you've got a brand new launch where you're just kicking it off and so you're writing your data sheets, that's fine. There's nothing crazy about that. But if you've got a mature product and maybe there's two or three really groundbreaking new features and you have to run in and replace it, replace um, old stuff with the new cool stuff, that takes forever to do. So imagine if you had your own version of, uh, of a language model that knew your business and knew, was trained on, this is what data sheet needs to look like, this is what the the blog post needs to like it knew all of the different elements of a launch. You could go in and say, run my launch 3.0 and it would gather all the documents for you and have them done. And all you'd have to do is have the right people review them and you wouldn't have to worry about it being missed. If the model was trained, a line or two being missed or spelled incorrectly or using the wrong language, if a model was trained correctly. So I think there's, there's a ton of great uses like that. That's a business use. My mod- my daughter also um, has written a blog post about how she uses it as an aid um, um, because she's on the spectrum and she has a really hard time with stupid things like text. They just stress her out because the language is just so different every time and she doesn't want to upset anybody and she wants her message to get across. But she has tried... GPT for that to generate an email that should be quick and easy for anybody else. But her, it's like, ah, it's stressing me out. So, I mean, there's a lot of really good things that can be used for, but there are things you have to think about. And number one is that data. Where did that data come from? Where is the, how was the model? Well, let's start with the data. Where, where did that data come from? Um, And there's some issues with 
the chat GPT data, one of them is, um, since it was from the World Wide Web, um, and especially in our industry, it's predominantly male, the tech industry, if all the writing out there is predominantly male and all of the things you're finding on the web are they, they scraped or that that um, from that viewpoint, there's just some biases that people are blind to uh, that, that this is just being kind about it that will get encapsulated in that data set now. So I don't I don't I, th- I don't think we should be you said you're, you're being kind. I, th- I think that. We should be factual and and allow people to make their own conclusions, to come to their own conclusions. Okay. Because if not, then people won't understand. I think that the fact that this was a male-dominated industry for most most of the last, well, the, the, the World Wide Web is what, it's 30-some years old, yeah. but... but in common usage, me and you and everybody, it's probably been the last 20, 25 years, right? Yeah, I'd say that. Um, and it's been male-dominated for most of that time. Yeah. And so, and and that's not to say that men are bad people, but... We all have our biases. But they are biased. Humans right. have biases. That is how Correct. communities and that's just how things work. So, for example, a good example would be um, in referring to doctors or let's just say, let's, referring to engineers, if anytime you had, they they had a paper in there that referred to an engineer as a he. Correct. And our engineer, what sex, what gender are gen- engineers? Male. Because that's what they found. Um, I, I saw something really good on Instagram last night, actually. Um, they uh, The prompt was, many non-human cultures have developed complex rituals surrounding um the uh, surrounding death and the afterlife, and the example they gave was many Native American in many Native American cultures, blah blah blah, and that's kind of crazy because uh, Native Americans are not non-human. <laughs> exactly. I was I, when you were reading that, I was like, "Where is she going with this?" Because I'm thinking, who are non-humans? I'm thinking, okay, animals, birds, fish, animals, birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the example, the only example they gave, and that's kind of the. That's one of the things to be careful of. And the real problem with that, if there's kind of an inoculate, if if you don't think about that because it doesn't impact you, then the problem is that you'll write something based on the prompt you were given Mm -hmm. and you'll continue to share it. It goes back into the corpus and it just, it it strengthens that bias um, within the body of work. So it makes everything that comes out of that body of work questionable. You know, but that's just a matter of, okay, this is great. And I think remembering that there's some really heavy math and really smart people figuring out how, if I ask a question, how do I assign weights to every word in the question, that prompt that you give the chat GPT to go find the data and give it back the way you asked for me to give it back. So that's great. The The data set is a little flawed for chat GPT. So the the problem, the, the thing is not to, to decide not to use it, to be afraid of it, it's more on the uh, uh, more important than ever to edit and really read um, what comes out of it with a critical eye. But I felt where you were going, <laughs> where you were going with that, and maybe you want to cover this in a later episode, um, so we can potentially cut this out. But um, 
I felt that where you were going with that earlier is the impact on society when it comes to cleaning that data. Someone had to clean. So there's biases in the data. There's nefarious things in the data, how to build a bomb, pornography, um, violence. All of those things are on the web. Um, So all of those things are in the data. And to deliver a tool on top of a data set that can be used globally, all of that stuff had to be, it was there. Sanitized. And it had to be sanitized. Right. And it was someone's job to do that. Yeah, that absolutely happened as well. So I think the the bias is a little harder to weed out. And that's probably, maybe always will be on us to fight back and say, mm, come on, you know, that's not right. Um, but yeah, to be able to have a viable product to sell, um, and and I think I don't think I know that they used a OpenAI used ChatGPT to get a, uh, the investment from Microsoft that it did, right? The, the billions of dollars. Um, they they had to look at the data set and sanitize it because um, there are people. Some people are horrible, and the web can be a really dark, horrible place. So that there is a human um, element to that. So the human element is um, looking at the data, making sure that data is excluded from the whole data lake corpus. Um, and yeah, they hired people. OpenAI hired people in Africa to do that, and they did not give them the the, the mental health um, care that they needed. That's coming out more and more. They also, and I don't, I don't know this, but I think I heard you say this before. The pay was not. No, that's why they did it in Africa. You know, so if you think about that, and we can talk about this some more too. If you have, um, if you have any kind of sustainability ESG process in your, you know, organization, there's things to think about when adopting um, this new technology. So if you think about people in Africa are paid less. So they were able to, you know, hire a bunch of people to crunch through this really horrific stuff, not treat them the right way because they were in Africa. And who's well, going to know? They had to be intelligent enough to use a computer. So, 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 yeah. yeah. And they're so not they're, like, they're, they're not like in a hut, like not right. a professional job. No. So they are, on one hand, I think that people rationalize those types of investments by saying, without this, these people wouldn't have computers. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have any salary, or their, or they. They quite possibly could have been doubling the, the average salary for yeah. that for that region, um, but still not compensating them at a level that we would think. Is appropriate. Is appropriate. Well, and it's also at what cost? Because that's the societal thing here. If you bring your best and brightest to do the only job they can do, which is sanitizing horrific data out of a data set, it's not even going to be used in your country potentially. That's not aimed at you. The, the end product is not, you're not a target audience for them. And you're not going to and you're benefit not, you're not, from the success of the product. You're not going to benefit from the success of the product if they slack on giving you the appropriate mental care because they want to just crunch through and get it done. What happens when your best and brightest are traumatized by 
the horrific job they've had to do to make this work in the Western countries. And um, so, yeah, so there's that piece to think about. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't want us to beat up. So I think, I mean, this conversation is about chat GPT and I don't want us to beat up chat, be chat, excuse me. <laughs> I don't want us to beat up open AI yeah, there you go. because open AI is the company because most of the technology companies have done something oh, similar. Yeah. Absolutely. In all, always, always in countries that have a lower economic, uh, G, lower GDP, yeah. large workforce. But you think about in Africa, especially the number of young people in Africa is bigger than the concentration of young people is larger than any place else on the on the planet. So why, you know, there's also the question of why aren't we doing better by them? Just, you know, you got all these young people trying to get into the world of tech. Why are we giving them these jobs that are potentially harmful to them at such, you know, at it? In their 20s or 30s. And so it's just a consideration. I mean, if you're, if you're going to use a service, you got to think about how the service was created, especially you need to know how the data set was created. You need to know how the people that actually work to clean, cleanse the data were treated. Um, and there's also, and this is not just chat GPT. This is everybody that I think we don't, I think it's one of the problems with, um, with this right now is you've got so many people rushing to do AI and dropping everything because they can see, especially this generative AI um, as, as being able to solve problems that are hard for humans to solve because there's so only so much time and only so many humans. Right. So, um, so, so I think that's part of it too, is, is we got to think of, you've got to think about, are you using the right thing? Are you using some things somebody just slapped together real quick because they're trying to get on in on the on the the curve right here. And this isn't going to be the end of things. This is pretty much, I think, the beginning. This was one of the easiest places to start was with these language models. Um, I would say, though, too, if, you know, going back to the whole idea of ESG, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of energy, real energy, to, to run these models, to train these models especially. So... Um, you have to have lots and lots of computers, lots of storage, lots of cooling. So the impact on the environment, it, it's it's a lot. I think that's being that, that's something that the data scientists and the people that are architecting this right now are working on um, and looking at new technology that's coming out so that they can run these large, large um, algorithms with less um, environmental impact. But that's something kind of to think about as well. So if you're a person who's who's listening to this podcast and saying, you know what, I was going to try chat GPT, but now I feel conflicted because of all the harm it has possibly done that Angelina, Angelina and Gina have just told me. What, what would you, because I, I don't think that's the message. No. So what would you say to that person? No, I, this is so. I think that any AI model is the workload that's coming out of all the digital transformation we were forced to market about <laughs> in the last 10 years. So, 
we've made this jump again. So back when I first came into the industry, the jump was from mainframes to three-tier applications and at Linux at the same time, right? So this is kind of the jump we're making now. We're making this jump away from that three-tier op- application model into um, containerized workloads that can actually make some sense of what's coming back from these large, large AI models. This is my this is me waxing poetic about it. So, no, I think we have lots and lots of smart people that can also get on get on with us and be like, hey, this is great. We're going to figure out how to make these run more efficiently. We're going to figure out how what are the steps we have to take if we have a model so that we aren't um, using all of the encapsulated bias. There's going to be bias. That's, we're humans. That's just going to happen. Happens because we're human. We're just in cap. The, the, the goal is instead of encapsulating it and accepting it, how do we make sure that when we see it, we figure out a way to work around it or to repair it? And I think that's going to take a lot of smart people to figure that out. So we need everybody. It's all hands on deck. It's not being afraid. And it's definitely not letting the technical lead, you know, the technical CEOs be, oh, we're so afraid of this. Everybody needs to stop right now. Sorry, everybody needs to stop right now and slow down. That's the cat's out of the bag and they put the cat out of the bag. So what has to happen is be educated about how these things work and also you know, try to figure out what the workarounds are. So this is a, a good thing for all of humanity. So to shorten Gina's <laughs> answer, which was a great answer. I was passionate. Her, her passionate <laughs> answer Yes, use ChatGPT, but be aware of some of the areas where we still need to work to make it a better technology, a more uh, socially conscious technology, a more equitable technology, and a more environmentally friendly technology. And that's going to take time. It's going to take people. It's going to take people that care about it and not just care about getting the product out of the door to make a big profit. Let's make a big profit because we got a product out the door that is great for everybody. That's what I think. Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet. <laughs>